I'm Mike Gorman, and you're listening to the Celtics Pod podcast for Celtics Blog. Here's your host, Adam Taylor. What's up, everybody? Good news is I found Brendan. Bad news is we have no idea what's happening with Gordon Hayward at the moment. How you doing today, Brendan? I'm good, man. I appreciate you finding me. I was in a in a rough place, you know, and you came and pulled me out. I really appreciate it. You know I got you, dude. You know I got you. <laughs> Has life been treating you in the valley of the, well, not the valley of the sun, you're not in Phoenix, but in the sunny land of Northern California? It's true. I don't I don't have C P three on the way. Uh I'm doing all right, man. Been better, been worse. So, you know, can't complain. What about yourself? I'm sure people want to hear about the puppy, man. Let's start with the puppy. People want to hear about the puppy. Yeah, Molly's doing good. She's uh sleeping in her crate right now. You know, we have to I have to put her in there like ten minutes before recording so she can get out the whining a little bit. But yeah, I took her on an about an hour walk before this to tire her out. And yeah, she's a Australian cattle dog. She's super smart and well behaved already. Um actually no leash for like the whole walk and just stayed at my heels the whole time. She's doing good. She's a lot of energy, uh, but you know, sleeps the other half of the day, so Keeps me busy, and she's adorable. I'm glad to have her. She's doing all right. She's healthy now, which is good, obviously. You know who else is apparently healthy? Who is that? Gordon Hayward. You know the problem? We don't know if he's going to be in Boston next year or not. Yeah, we waited to start this recording for the deadline just for them to extend it. Yeah, I was kind of sad. I went for a jog, and then when I came back from the jog, full disclosure, it was a fast-paced walk. But when I, I was came... like, I've never heard of you jogging. What is this? Yeah, I train, dude. I train. But when I came back, I was like, I left my phone here because, you know, you don't want to fall out your pocket and then lose your phone. Right. So I left it at the house. And when I came back, I was like, oh, dude, I've missed it. Because, my, you know, when you just got notifications, like blowing up your phone. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Gordon Hayward and the Celtics front office have agreed to delay his decision until Thursday, which key point is after the draft. It is, yeah. It, it's very interesting, all these deals that are going down that require draft compensation, like, or the Bogdan Bogdanovich sign-in trade. He hasn't even, we haven't reached the date where guys can re-sign. So, you know, there's this weird, like, it, it's almost a tampering situation going on. Teams are not supposed to be talking to players and agents about how much money they're going to get and things like that. But clearly that discussion has already been had. It's already been passed on to Milwaukee. The Phoenix trade involves um a actually it doesn't involve pick 10 what am i thinking i I think it's the portland trade for robert covington that involves a pick that's going to be in the draft so you know they'll just make the selection for houston um yeah there's there's a lot of deals that are going on right now it's a super busy week you know i've heard some big time guys with connections saying that this is one of the craziest weeks of information flying left and right that they've had i believe it was brian windhorst that said that on the low post um yeah there's a there's a whole lot going on right now and celtics fans obviously sitting waiting for this gordon news so did you listen to anything is potable on thursday today's thursday but when people listen this is friday i did not actually so they had jared weiss on there and jared's awesome and they were jared actually mentioned that he feels like Gordon was disgruntled with being the fourth option as far back as before the season shut down due to COVID in the game against Indiana just before that happened where the game was quite tight and then Tatum was the guy taking the shots and he was putting a few questionable ones up. And 
basically the guys over there went into a discussion about is Hayward disgruntled? Now, if Hayward has decided that he wants to opt out of his contract with the Celtics and he wants to explore options elsewhere, him agreeing to push this deadline back indicates that he'd be willing to work with the Celtics on any future destination, or he may be working with the Celtics at opting out and then re-signing a more team-friendly deal. I feel like the former is more probable than the latter. How do you feel about the, the, not the opportunity, the the prospect of losing Hayward on a sign and trade deal. What's interesting with shipping Hayward and where the logic is to me is that, you know, the Celtics don't have any sort of cap space. They're going to be working with for a good while, you know, Tatum's going to get a max at some point here. And if you're able to flip Hayward for a contract that lasts three years and is an okay deal, like that's a way that you're able to bring in more money of a quality role player making more than, the MLE that you wouldn't be able to to sign in, in really any of the upcoming free agencies because of the cap situation we're going with Boston. So I think that's a positive, but I don't think that you're going to get a, a player better than Gordon. You know what I mean? I, I think that if he's willing to stick around and play this role, that I think that it could work out very well. And he was rehabbing, obviously, so th- there's still kind of some getting back to his old self, I guess. But, you know, his old self was a would you say he was a number one option in Utah? Probably, right? And now, yeah, I mean, being the even fourth guy, like I could see why that's a little frustrating and difficult to get back to your old form when you're not even given like a similar opportunity. But I don't know, at the same time, like he's just a little bit more of a willing passer. And when it swings to some of these other guys that maybe aren't great at it, like Tatum wasn't for most of the year and Jalen hasn't been, I can see how they end up throwing it up. So I don't know. I I think that there's some good logic in moving Hayward if you're able to get back a long-term contract since you wouldn't be able to sign anyone, but you're not going to get anybody better than him. Let's get creative. What sign-and-trade deals do you feel like are viable that would give the Celtics a fair trade value or, you know, it's not too lopsided to the team receiving Hayward? Yeah, I mean, what what are a couple that you've heard here or that, that come to your mind? The only one that keeps coming back to me is the Miles Turner for Gordon Hayward, and I feel like that's just because it's the drum that's been beaten loudest and most regularly. Outside of that, I'm not too sure what I feel comfortable with. I know I saw a tweet earlier from somebody on Twitter saying that maybe the Celtics could explore a James Harden sign and trade, like a James Harden trade with a Gordon Hayward sign and trade, and possibly sending Kemba Walker to. I don't feel like that's going to happen. But there was reports from, was it Kevin O'Connor earlier today, saying that when the Celtics were reaching out about Drew Holiday, it was Kemba Day were putting up on the offering table along with a couple of first-round picks. Yeah, which is which is interesting. I, I think that if the Celtics are able to... I, I think Atlanta's interesting. Atlanta's a team that's looking to trade their pick, or at least rumored to be willing to trade their pick for some veteran talent. They're pushing to make the playoffs, which I don't understand but sure they want to keep Trey Young happy I I think that there could be something around moving up to pick six here that could be really interesting for Boston you know can you like Gordon in a sign and trade you're not going to get back fair value like what is viewed as fair value for that player you know it's a sign and trade because pretty much the player is asking out and if that is a situation the other teams are going to know that that's the case and that's going to tank the value a little bit now you know, do you, is Gordon 
I don't know, like, would you want a guy back that is a contributor or would you be fine with getting a good draft pick back? Like, how do you feel about, you know, trading Gordon and 14 for Deadman and six? Yeah, no, I'd be furious if Boston did that. I'd be absolutely livid. My skin would peel from the ang- from the heat of anger that was exuberating. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'd be so angry, dude. Like, it's not even like this is next year's draft where you could realistically get like a, a, a secondary cornerstone at five or six. It's, it's the 2020 draft where everybody projects to be a high level role player at best. I feel like if the Celtics make this move, then it does need to be a player that's coming in that's going to be able to kind of not fill his shoes, but provide something that's going to help the Celtics win games and stay in contention. If you do this for Dwayne Dedman and a pick, you're basically saying we're entering a mini rebuild around JT and JB. And to me, that's just none. That just makes no sense coming off the back of a conference finals appearance. I don't know if I'd call it a rebuild though. Like, I, I mean, the guy I'm thinking of here is definitely a combo, right? Who fills that fear, a clear hole and is probably ready to contribute pretty quickly. Right. And it's like, I think that while you have Kemba there, you are still going to be a really good team right now. But at the same time, like, I don't know, I guess the championship windows right now, but I can't help th- but think it's like two years down the line, really. When Yeah, I feel JT like it's a few JB years. Really down, peak. I feel the same. I feel like it's a few, two years down the line when the other guys are reaching their peak. My biggest question is, do you really think Kemba Walker's the guard to lead you to that championship? If not, is there a secondary move coming next year to move Kemba if you lose Hayward? I just feel like, Picking up another pick and when Killian Hayes be that guy though? No, I just don't I don't think so. Yeah. I, I don't think his ceiling's high enough to or his ability to scale his basketball kind of ability quick enough to be ready for when the other two guys, Jason and Jalen's prime window opens. I don't feel Killian can scale his ability quick enough to be ready to perform in a starter's role at that point. And that's not him. It's not just him. That's most of the guys in this draft, right? I mean, it's most draft players, right? Like I'm most rookies. Yeah, much. you're asking these guys to be championship ready in two years. It's just not. We're asking Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to do the same thing, and they're going into years four and three. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Like it just makes no sense to me. I'd much rather them bring back and. I'm not advocating for Miles Turner by any means, but at least you're bringing back a commodity that you know exactly what he's bringing and there's still room for growth rather than entering into the unknown with a rookie that you've just gave up a max player for and a guy that was averaging nearly, what was he averaging, 17, 5, and 4? Mm-hmm. This is Gordon, right? Yeah. Like you get, yeah. Like getting a draft pick back and a salary dump in terms of Dwayne Dedman doesn't sit well with me at all. I, I I don't even want to entertain that no more because I'm getting sad. <laughs> what do you think of, I mean, it's a little crazy, but Gordon going back to Utah and bringing in Rudy Gobert? I mean, Rudy Gobert, um, I was really low on him. I've watched a lot of film on him since then, and my opinion's changed a little bit. I just don't think Gordon goes back to Utah after the way they were with him mm-hmm. once he left. Like I feel like part of if Gordon wants out of Boston, part of the reason is probably the, a share of the fan base. And if that is the case, then that completely rules out Utah. Yeah, fair enough. I don't know. I don't really know who else is is really in consideration here. I mean, it's a it's a lot of money to match, you know. And the teams with space, like Atlanta, is the only one that really interests 
seems to have a reasonable interest in Gordon. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that I, I personally think that if you could get, Barrett. well, I, I just don't think that there's any reason for New York to do that. I think it would be so terribly stupid in this next draft that's like full of like five superstars and the one and the draft after for the Knicks to all of a sudden decide they want to be a mediocre eight seed. You know, there's rumors that that Tibbs wants to make contend now contend now moves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you I, bring I, a coach in like. If you <laughs> if you bring in a coach like Tibbs, then you're not he's not coming in expecting to be overseeing a rebuild for too long, because his his window on the team is generally quite short as it is. Yeah, I mean, I guess they could, but at the same time, like I mean, isn't Mitch Robinson and R.J. Barrett kind of the same as a draft pick? Like it's one year of experience, you know. Well, two for Mitch coming right. into coming into his third year. I'm just throwing I'm just throwing things at the wall and see what sticks. Mm-hmm. But I definitely don't feel kept. I, I'm coming back to this Atlanta one. What if you kept um, your pick at 14, and you were able to send number um, what is it, 26 and 30 in Gordon for you know again, say the filler is is Deadman and six. Then I'm still gonna burn down a house somewhere. Okay. Do you like? I mean, do you like? Um, I just don't feel like that's John a Collins? good. Yeah, I mean, I can live more with John Collins than Deadman. Like, I feel if you, like signing and trading Gordon Hayward shouldn't result in a salary dump, which right. is what well, Deadman effectively is. Like that contract. Like I know you were really big on him coming into Sacramento, and I can understand why you kind of want him in Boston. But but he crapped the bed. Yeah, dude, he's not worth Gordon Hayward in a sign and trade. That it's literally making my skin crawl thinking about him in a Celtics jersey right now. Yeah, man. So would you be interested in John Collins? Because Collins is an interesting situation. I'd be more than interested in John Collins, but he doesn't solve the need at center, right? I mean, he's a small ball five at best. No, but if you move to six, also with that, you know. Yeah, then then that's it. Yeah, yeah, you take on Yekka and Collins, and now you've got your... So what would you start? Then it would be Campbell Walker. You'd have what? Would you have Jalen Brown at the two? Kemba, ta- yeah, yeah. Jaylen, Jason. Jason and Collins and Anyeka. But is that a championship team? I mean, I feel like it's far more balanced than what they've had. Right. I mean, you know, probably your best lineup is Smart starting and John Collins as a backup bench scorer, and then all of a sudden, you know, Romeo and Grant have a year under their belt. But the situation with Collins, the reason Atlanta would probably be willing to ship him off, they don't want to pay him. And I don't know that Boston would want to pay him either if he's actually going to get some, you know, John Collins isn't a 20 million a year guy. Yeah. And this is going to be the problem. A lot of teams, that's why it's going to have to be a team. Like that's why everybody's so big on it being Miles Turner, right? Because you bring Miles Turner and he's locked up for another three years. Right. You're not Uh, just getting a rental. It really makes the most sense. It does. And then, like, you know, if you want to throw in Vincent Poirier, you can bring back, you can get Doug McDermott in on a deal. If you want to throw in Carson Edwards, you can get TJ Warren in on the deal and bring, which to me is the best return if you do that sign and trade with Indiana. You bring back Turner and um, TJ Warren. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think you might be overvaluing Gordon in a sign and trade situation. I, I think that you really get poor value. You know, like Malcolm there's poor Brown value and then you... just being ripped off, though, dude. And Dwayne Deadman in a pick is getting ripped off. (laughs) Moving up eight spots to number six is... In one of the weakest drafts in memory, though, dude. 
Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say weak. One of the flattest drafts. And there's value in that. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, it, but well, like Malcolm Brogdon got you literally just pick 24 in this draft. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I get that. I'm Malcolm Brogdon. I'm a huge fan of Malcolm Brogdon. I think Gordon's better, but like how much better in regards to assets you're getting back? You know, like Bogdanovich was just swapped for DiVincenzo pretty much. Yeah, but then Drew Holiday brings back the whole farm. Right. Well, you know, that's a like a little bit of a weird situation since Milwaukee's super desperate, which, by the way, New Orleans has done a freaking ridiculous job twice of taking advantage of teams that are so desperate. Yeah, dude, that I was really shocked at the return I got for Drew Holiday. At first, I was like, well, this kind of sucks. Like, why? I was like, why would they not do the Denver deal? Like, I like Gary Harris better than Eric Bledsoe. And then I was like, oh, they're getting like five draft picks. Okay. Yeah, isn't it three first and two pick swaps? I think that's what it is, but I don't have it in front of me, so don't quote me on it. But no, if that's happening with Drew, look, I'm not saying that's what I expect Boston to be getting back, but I expect to be getting... And Miles Turner for Gordon Hayward is still a win for Indiana more than it's a win for Boston. And I'm willing to take that little bit of an L if another team... If we, you know, if you throw out another team now and it's reasonable, but for a salary dump and a draft pick, I'm just not standing for it at all. So I'll be writing very angry letters to very to a very large amount of people. I think that the reason that the Miles Turner trade is, I like it a little better than maybe you do, is the thing I was saying at the beginning of like, you would have Turner for two additional years than you would have Gordon. And I don't think Turner's like a great value contractually uh, at like about 17 million a year, 15 million around there. But yeah, I mean, he fills that hole that you need, right? And you'd have him for longer, a guy that you wouldn't be able to sign otherwise. Yeah, that's why I'd be happy with Turner. I'm just trying to wrap my brain about what other teams could get involved and who. I mean, you want Blake Griffin? (laughs) No, I wouldn't mind Jonas Valanciunas, though. Really? I think Hmm. he solves the need at big. He can stretch the floor a little bit. Oh, God. I'm just throwing names out here. I mean, don't say, look, I'm not going on record saying this is the God. No, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, could you do something? With this is just, I mean, getting a little crazy right now, but could you do something with the Warriors and packaging your pick? You know, like, would you have any interest in like bringing back Wiggins if it meant you were also getting a high draft pick? Like, I mean, I don't know, you're not gonna get number two. You I know, mean, you want to bring, I mean, Gordon, <laughs> Boston want to win a trade and they can go Gordon Hayward and Filler for Andrew Wiggins and next year's Minnesota pick, then that's the trade you make 10 times out of 10 just for that pick alone. If you're talking bringing back a draft pick for Hayward, then that Minnesota pick should be the holy grail. Yeah, and and like, I I don't think there's a reason for the Warriors to do that, probably. I mean, they are like probably looking to package that for a star, and I guess, I don't know, how much worse is Gordon Hayward than like a Bradley Beal, you know? I mean, they've already got a bunch of guys coming off injury. Add Hayward in there, and they're right on schedule, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, is... I don't know. It's probably too much. But, like, Gordon in 14 for Wiggins in two? I'm Gordon in 14 for Wiggins and the 2021 Minnesota draft. Uh, if you pick two, you can take James Wiseman. I don't love Wiseman, but, like, he's got some talent. You get that Minnesota draft pick, you could end up with somebody way better than Wiseman next year. Right. You probably could. Minnesota is very interesting to me because I don't know. Like, I'm still very unsure on how bad they're actually going to be next year. I don't think they're a playoff team because the West is stacked, especially with that CP3 trade. Um, but 
you know, they're not worse than the Kings. They're probably not. Uh, I don't so know. So NESN, NESN Sports Network have just dropped an article saying that the Celtics are frantically looking to trade Gordon Hayward and Kemba Walker in hopes that it will land them James Harden. <laughs> oh no I hope this isn't true I mean oh no I mean who's your starting guard then Marcus Smart yeah Marcus and Gord- Marcus and I mean you can't deny it. like it's it's a freaking good team that would be Marcus Harden Brown Tatum and then you package all three picks and move up because if you're giving up Kemba and Hayward you know what I mean then you you try and move up and get a Congo too that team would be stacked well, I, I think you'd have to be throwing in your picks. Like, they're going to want so much for Harden. You know, I, I think you have to be throwing in, like... That's fine. 14, you can get a big off the trip. You can get a big on free agency. Right. Man, it's so hard to make this money work. Like, I'm sitting here on a train. I know, we, need Keith, we need Keith Smith here right now. Yeah, I have, like, Gordon and Kemba for Harden and PJ Tucker, and you still need seven more incoming. Like, okay, so you could do Gordon... And Kemba for James Harden and Eric Gordon. But, I mean, the Eric Gordon deal's not very good. You see, but then Shams drops a tweet that kind of contradicts everything because he's saying that the Rockets and Wizards are looking at a trade for Wall and Russell Westbrook. What the heck? So what then, is happening? So then, what? You take Kemba, Hayward, and Westbrook. Like, where does that work? Westbrook for John Wall? What? No traction yet. Rockets are seeking more assets. It, this could just be smoke, you know, trying to increase, like, the value. The word that, frantically next to Boston. Boston is frantically trying to package something together is crazy to me. Do you trust the source? It's NESN. It's not like it's just some random guy tweeting it, right? Like, this is a legit outlet. Right. I, I get it. Like, Harden's a top five player. You know, I just personally don't like James Harden. Don't get me wrong, I like watching James Harden play, and I feel like if he's on your team, you like watching him that bit more. And that team would be stacked, dude, but it still doesn't solve the issues around defense that they had last season. In fact, it makes them worse. So, mm. I mean, but the thing is, you can just outscore everybody at that point. Well, and what doesn't make sense for me is that the Rockets would stay good, you know, but not like enough to actually even make it out of the second round of the playoffs. Okay, so if you're the Rockets, are you better with Kemba and Gordon or Harden and a bunch of other guys? I think it's Harden and a bunch of other guys. Like, Kemba's on the downswing, you know? I I, I don't know. I think Kemba's good, but by the end of that contract, it's going to be bad value. Gordon could walk after one more year. I guess this would be a signing trade. He'd be staying for a while, right? Yeah, this I don't would know. be a I mean, if, if this would be the Rockets. I, I don't think they expected this to happen. Obviously, you know, so I'm sure they're panicking a little bit here as well. And maybe they, you know, maybe the owner wants to stay as a as a good team right now. Like, so what I have in front of me, Gordon Hayward, Kemba Walker, and you got to throw in young guys and picks, right? So Langford, Time Lord, the 14th, a future 2021 pick, uh, give up this 2020, really any draft assets that they want, right? Um, as long as you're not going way too far in the future here for Harden, Eric Gordon, and PJ Tucker. And Tucker's a really good get. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. I'd like it not to be Langford. 
I'd like to keep Romeo, but I'm okay with the rest of that deal. And what's weird to me is like I'm throwing in these young guys, and it's like, well, why does Houston like these young guys if their main return is Gordon Hayward and Kemba Walker, some win now players? You know? Oh man, I would this that would be <laughs> the that would be so wild for anyone listening. This turned in for, this turned from a podcast to a conversation to absolute shock and awe. Oh, this is ridiculous. What the heck, dude? John Wall for Russell Westbrook? This makes no sense. <laughs> it's like actually the two worst contracts in the league. And like, isn't Bradley... I mean, I, I'm not going to act like I know the inside situation with the Wizards, but my understanding was like, Bradley's waiting for John Wall to come back. Yeah, so my, I was literally having a conversation with someone like an hour ago saying that there's no way the Wizards make a move because you don't suck for two years waiting for Wall to get back to then trade away core pieces without at least seeing what that looks like first. What? Westbrook for a wall? I don't get it at all. I, I don't... And the Rockets want more assets back because Wall's deal, it's... They managed to find a deal worse than Westbrook's. <laughs> <laughs> what? They just were like, yeah, the CP3 deal sucks. We should take on... Uh, Russell Westbrook, which turns out to be a horrible deal and way worse than CP3. And they're like, yeah, this Westbrook deal sucks. Let's just take on John Wall. And it's like, you actually at that point can't get any worse, I don't think. This is a joke, dude, but how did you keep up with this? So I don't, like, they just traded away Robert Covington. And to me, I was like, okay, this is probably a sign of, you know, looking to empty it out a little bit or at least, like, kind of reset around what's going on with just Harden and, and Westbrook on the way out or something like that. But I don't know, like Covington was one of their best guys last year. It was like him and Tucker were the two guys to me that it's like, okay, if they start shipping those guys out, that probably means it's a little mini rebuild or retool at least in some way here. I'm just Man. shook. Of, there's like, dude, it's so bad. Like there's so much going on that it's really hard to like see through the smoke and see what's legit and what's not. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm concerned, like, if Boston don't move Kemba at this point, like, is Kemba's nose out of joint because he's been there a year and now he's in trade talks? I don't know, because I I think, honestly, it's kind of just part of being a Celtic, you know what I mean? And, like, I don't know, your name being floated around by media, I think that a professional like Kemba could kind of shrug that off. Yeah, and I've been saying all along, if you move on from Hayward, then the smart money's on moving on from Kemba too and embracing Jaden and Jason as the, the two main guys. Like so, that just makes the most sense, right? Yeah. What what I can ask you, I guess, what we could talk about a little bit, if Harden, because the two teams that are primarily rumored for James Harden are the Sixers and the Nets. If it, Let's talk about the Nets first. If the Nets are working with James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, after that, who knows who the heck is on that roster because they're, they have to give up Dinwiddie and, and Lavert, I'm sure, to to get a player like Harden, right? So let's just say it's really just those three guys and and whoever else. It's almost like a Celtic situation this year, right? Is that team better than Boston? What? So if Boston was how they were and they've got KD, Kyrie, and Harden? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that works. You don't think the fit works there? No, I feel like that's two really ball-heavy, ball-dominant guys along with one guy that can play off ball. It, it'd be such a stagnant offense, dude. I don't, I don't know how it works either, but it's hard for me to just like write off like two of the five best players in the league in KD and Harden. Yeah, I get that completely along with one of the best guards in Kyrie. I'm just like, right. dude, there's so many egos there compared to like, 
we've seen what happens when you put those egos together as Boston fans. I just don't. I feel like that's a recipe for expl- for disaster. It'll be an implosion mid-season. I actually, implosion. have no clue how James Harden works without the ball in his hands at this point. James Harden, James Harden plays without the ball in his hands. Yeah, I mean, like there's really there's possessions really- where he doesn't have the ball. I mean, there is a bit, but like, I mean, how effective have they been? They're already looking to get rid of Westbrook, you know. <laughs> this is the thing, right? Like, could Harden work alongside Tatum? Isn't that the same problem? Yeah, I mean, Tatum's I mean, better it... off ball than than like what Kyrie is at least right it's a position. But and Harden would have to be willing to kind of switch it up a little bit, right? I mean, because this was also like I guess it's probably not fair to say this is on James Harden. Like it, it's it was a scheme thing that was coming from D'Antoni and some other guys as well, I'm sure. Yeah, and to be fair, Harden's a better defender than what he gets credit for when he actually tries. Especially if he's not dribbling 20 times each possession. Yeah, I feel like this could work. I feel like it's more likely to work in Boston than, than oh, Brooklyn, man. just because there's better, more interchangeable pieces. What do you think of Philadelphia? What if, what if it was Ben Simmons for James Harden? I feel like that's the best return that Houston could get, if I'm being quite honest. I, I think that's a phenomenal return. Yeah, for, that's the that, that's the champ, that's the jackpot for them. You you get one of the best young point guards in the league, who's also a phenomenal defensive player, and he's going to be locked in because what his new contract extension kicks in this season coming, so he's locked in yeah. for four or five uh, years. Five years, which is insane. You know, if I'm if I'm Houston, then that's the deal I'm trying to make. Forget everybody else, because that makes right. the most sense, right? And then Harden and Embiid together, that scares me more than Harden, Kyrie, and KD. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because we've never seen Joel Embiid be like a really good role man. You know, like I don't know, I can't think of how often I've seen Joel Embiid in a pick and roll, really. Oh, but he could be a pop man. He could, but does that take away a lot of his value? It does. Yeah, it does. He'd have to blend in between pick and pop and pick and roll. But, and they are like, I mean, they're both ridiculous talents that you probably just bet on them to work it out. Right? Yeah, and don't forget, you haven't seen Embiid be a role man because his point guard since he's been in the league has been Ben Simmons. Right, right. Yeah, I just, uh, I mean, I mean, this trade would be done if the Sixers had Ben Simmons on the table, in, in my opinion, you know? Yeah, I just feel like there's no better return. Right, and... I think for that reason, the Sixers can be like, we don't need to do that because like, what are the deals that you're comparing it to? What was this, what was this floated out um, Nets deal? I don't have it in front of me, but it was a horrible return. Yeah, it wasn't great. It was just like a bunch of like mixed mass, mixed mashed assets that don't really, basically you're going into a rebuild if you take those assets and then you need to try and flip them for future assets later down the line. Yeah. You know, there was a, uh, a Anthony Puccio, who's a Brooklyn Nets cover, and he was the first one, from my understanding, or, or one of the first to break the KD news. I feel like he's been pretty good about his um, his scoops. Did say, I mean, there's a verbal agreement, quote unquote, between the Nets and the Rockets. It's just this deal, like, yeah, because Harden wants to go and play with his boys. That's what that's about, right? I mean, like Harden does have the power to just be like, listen, I want to go to this team. Yeah, he does, but at the same time, if I'm the GM, I'm like, well, yeah, you might, you go where you can say you want to go wherever you want. But we saw with Kawhi, Kawhi wanted to go to LA, and he got sent to Canada. <laughs> he got he got sent out the country for a year first. I know that worked out really well for them, but the point of it was, that's where you want to go. Doesn't mean where, that's where we're going to send you. Right, right. 
Yeah, man. I don't know. This is wild. Personally, I, I oh, it sucks. I don't want Harden on Celtics. He just doesn't like. This sounds so stupid. He just doesn't feel like a Celtic. Yeah, I don't see how it works. I see. I can see it working better than Brooklyn, but worse than Philly if he was to end up on either of those two teams. Yeah, I mean, the most obvious is definitely Simmons for Harden. I just don't think that Philadelphia is in a spot where they're going to be forced to offer Simmons. I mean, could you imagine Tice sealing down low for a Harden drive? <laughs> Daniel Tice is the perfect compliment for James Harden. I, I mean, I'm not saying it, but I'm saying it. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I, you can't deny like the Celtics would be insane. You know, the the offense of that team and and I think what you're saying is totally valid that Harden's a better defender than what he's given credit for, especially if he has a lower offensive load. Like, it would be a crazy team. Like, you're probably, if not the favorites in the East, right there. Which, by the way, maybe one other thing we get in here, like, this Milwaukee team is looking really good right now, adding Drew Holiday and Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yeah, Milwaukee scare me, and I feel like that would be one of the reasons that Boston have been fueled to try and at least explore this Harden option, because... the Celtics team is currently constructed. Is that capable of beating this new juggernaut of a Milwaukee team? Playoffs, I feel so because it's Budenholzer and, you know, he doesn't do well in the playoffs. But regular season, oh, that's a scary prospect. Yeah, I was dying laughing at a tweet saying that, you know, if, if Budenholzer wants to be like this, maybe we just, the front office should only give him six, six good guys. That way he has no choice in the playoffs. <laughs> Then he's going to roll out a lineup of still just the crappy bench guys somehow. Yeah, he'll just pull up a load of like 10, <laughs> 10 days, dude, and just roll those guys out. Right. Yeah, but, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think that Boston needs to be desperate. No, neither do I. I feel, like, I feel like they're just doing their due diligence at the moment and seeing what it would cost to get a guy like Harden. Yeah, what he's it, a top five player. Yeah, what, you, you have to at least have that conversation, right? And then looking at, you know, what are we going to get back in return for Gordon? What if we use Gordon and Kemba in a deal? What would you get back on two separate deals? How does that work for the team? They're just looking at every option at the moment. And I feel like moves on other teams around them are kind of forcing them to be a little bit more aggressive than what they probably plan to be. Mm-hmm. But, you so, know. <sighs> so ranking the, well, I think we only have. Two reasonable deals, I guess. If you're talking Gordon Hayward sign and trade, you prefer the Indiana over Atlanta, obviously, right? I don't. I, I only see it as one reasonable deal and a deal where you get absolutely <laughs> robbed. There's no. There's one reasonable deal and then a deal that everybody should be angry with. Man, I, I'm with the Atlanta one. I will say I, I'm with it. Maybe I've done too much draft stuff and I've been super caught up in this. I just don't see it. that you, you pushing. How do you sell that to Jason Tatum? Because that contract extension still needs to get worked out. Here, RJT, sign a new five-year max extension with us, and we're going to give you Dwayne Dedman and a fourth-peak rookie. Welcome back to Boston for another five years. I just don't see how you sell that. Well, you still have Jalen Brown. You still have Marcus Smart. You still have Kemba Walker. Like, you are still a really good team. And you're not a championship team. I don't know. Like, are your odds With Dwayne Dedman? Much- I, I, Deadman's not the point of the deal. Like the point is the p- six pick, you know, yeah, which, on, which is Onyeka. Yeah, and I get that, but Onyeka's not going to be championship level ready for what three, four years? I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know that that's the case. Like he plays a small role. You know what I mean? And but but you play that role at an elite level, and I think that's like a real possibility for Onyeka in like two years. That's that's fair. I just feel like you're overvaluing the draft. 
Yeah, I might be. And, you know, Boston's in a weird situation of, like, winning now, but also focused on the future. And I think, like, our difference here is I'm just a little more future-focused. And correct me if I'm wrong, you might be a little more, like, take advantage of what you have right now, right? Yeah, I'm more – I want to period to sustain contention. I'm not saying it needs to be um, – well, how am I getting with this? I'm not saying that they, it, the future isn't important because I've been – I'm. I've been tweeting with people all day saying I would rather them come contend for multiple finals appearances over a six year span than win one championship. And that's just because, you know, you win one title. Can you name every player that ever won an NBA championship? No, you can't. But can you name every player that was on the nineties balls and the golden state warriors of the last few years? Yes, you can because dynasties are what create legacies, not one single championship. So a, a sustained period of contention works better for me. But I just don't see how the fourth pick in this draft plus a salary dump gets you to that sustained period of contention, regardless of who it is. I mean, you got, you need yeah. to strike gold, dude. And that's why the draft's so tough. I think my, my counter would be that, like, is what you have now good enough for a championship? Or are you just going to be, like, stuck at a four seed? You know what I mean? In, like, a second round exit. I mean, they got one further this year, you know, in a little bit of a weird situation. But Milwaukee got better. Brooklyn's going to get way freaking better. Like, I- I'm with you. I'm just, like, kind of playing devil's advocate here. Like, could it be a situation where, like, if you if you do what you're saying, that you're just stuck at the second round of the playoffs every year? Yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I mean, I- I'm with you. Like, I'm not trying to to go against what you're saying or anything, just kind of playing both sides, right? Like, because I don't know if Onyeka takes you to that level of, you know, two years down the line, all of a sudden, do you have a crazy trade? The thing is you don't need to trade Haywood to move up high enough to get, to get uncongruent. There's, there's other assets that you can package together and move up anyway. I don't know if what you have is enough to move you up to that point, though. That's saying that Okongaroo is not going to fall past six. Yeah, well, I can I see Okongaroo falling a spot. Yeah, I was going to say eight. But I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. two picks and... A, a a young guy or two can get you close to that. You don't need to throw in, yeah, one of the best forwards on your roster just to move up to chase a rookie. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Actually, because if you were to do a deal like this, where you decide that your focus is two years down the line, and I, I think that the Celtics have that luxury. Like I think that you know they'll stay good enough right now, but peak Jalen and Jason is two years away probably. That if you decide that that's the way to go, you do it next year right? It, where it's actually a stack draft at the top where you're actually getting back another star, not some role player. Exactly. Yeah. But then obviously Haywood doesn't want to wait around a year. So you try and bring back a, a physical commodity, not a draft pick. But you, and I know that turns into a physical commodity after tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. But it's definitely going to be one of those things where it's like you need to bring back a player and a good one at that instead yeah. of a draft pick. Harder I think you're being, right. I think if you, if you do decide to go young, and you know trade some of these assets that you probably do that next year i just think yeah i I mean i i don't mind draft assets being especially if you're moving up to something like six being the return for gordon if he's already on his way out no matter yeah it's gonna be tough it's gonna be we'll know more we'll know more by the time we're back on here on friday and i feel like we're just gonna go around in circles until then so, guys, you've been listening to Brendan and me rabble. This hasn't really been a very structured podcast, but it's been a very honest podcast. We've been kind of reacting to everything that's been breaking while we're on here. And this is probably and how it's going to... 
Westbrook for John Wall. I'm still not over this. <laughs> this is probably how it's going to be again on Friday, and then most likely there's still going to be stuff going on on Monday. So for now, it's going to be a bit more reactionary. But you know, let us know what you think. Do you want James Harden? Please, please, if you tweet at Brendan giving him some form of abuse for his horrible Atlanta idea, tag me in it so I can see because that will keep me entertained all day. All right, you're going to have to put out a, a poll and see how people feel about this. If you put it out, I'll retweet it. All right. Because I'm not attaching my name to that. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right, do that actually now. All right, then, cool. Everybody, you can catch us again on Friday. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please leave a nice five-star written review. Tell your friends, tell us to subscribe. We're here Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then you've got another podcast on the feed from the Celtics Pride team every Tuesday. And we will catch you on Friday. Goodbye.